welcome to D-Lab, a corporate development and M&A podcast by Medaxo, where we examine the methods, theories, and stories behind the deal. This week, we had the pleasure of speaking with the Executive VP of Corporate Development at Amerivet Partners, Clayton Stanley. With a quick look into deal sourcing strategy, Clayton and Medaxo's Chief Customer Officer, Greg Spano, dive into Amerivet's success with rollups. Hey, Clayton. Um... Really nice to have you on the call today. Wanted to talk through the following things. Maybe if you don't mind, just giving an introduction to yourself. Uh, my name is uh, Clayton Stanley, and I'm the Executive Vice President of Corporate Development for um, for Amerivet Partners Management, Inc. We're a, uh, a vet clinic consolidator that, um, that buys vet clinics um, across the United States um, through a, a JV partnership model. Um, we have... Um, Approximately 106 clinics as of today, and will probably be you know north of 140 by the end of the year. Um, so, but yeah, I, I came on board in 2019 to head up the corporate development group. I've got a team that reports to me, um, you know, and, and our, our real. Um, I have a separate group of business development representatives that are our, our sourcing arm, um, and really my. Me and my team's job is negotiating the deals in the execution side of the, of the transactions. And Clayton, I mean, just from our perspective, because when we start to think about your strategy specifically and just based on the number of targets, um, you know, we want to focus more on the pipeline, the sourcing and origination side of the house and understand a little bit about, you know, maybe for you, uh, because you deal with such a specific industry, you know, what tool or tools do you use to identify or evaluate, um, you know, when thinking about potential integrated targets? Yeah, as far as, you know, you know, tools, I would say um, our business development team um, is actually, you know, using your, uh, the Medaxo CRM tool that you guys, I guess, built out recently. It may still be in a beta phase, but I know that our, uh, our team was using that to kind of track their, their daily activity of kind of, you know, generating leads and sourcing on the very, very front end. Um, but, you know, as far as how they do, how they generate uh, a lot, generate these, you know, targets, you know, we, you know, we buy, buy list of all the veterinarians in the U S we also, um, a lot of our business development reps have worked in various parts of the animal health industry, like distribution reps, pharmaceutical reps, things like that. So they know they've called on a lot of these veterinarians in their past lives that, that may be interested in selling to us. And obviously there's also, you know, inbound deals coming from brokers and investment bankers in our space as well. But, but that's kind of the, um, kind of, the, kind of the universe of how we're sourcing deals. And one thing I'd add too, we actually do, you know, have some in, inside sales, um, work as well, where, where people are helping our business development team, uh, you know, generate, you know, actionable leads. Nice. And when you, I mean, when, when these individuals, when they're reaching out from an, from an organizational profile, how do you create more value to be able to kind of talk to the company who's thinking about rolling themselves into your organization? Um, you know, what's the value prop for them? You know, you know, part of our value prop is that, um, you know, one, we're a partnership model. So we're not, we're not buying, you know, hundred percent of, um, of their clinic. So, you know, they're going to remain an owner. You know, we don't, re- we don't rebrand the clinic or rename the clinic. You know, we're not looking to cut heads. So, 
you know, it's really business as usual, you know, for the the vet clinic that we that we become a majority partner in. You know, we're we're really a service organization to provide them, you know, back end support on, you know, HR, um, you know, recruiting, you know, um, finance and accounting, you know, uh, you know, a lot a lot of uh, non core core things. The back office type stuff is what we're there to help help them with and let them, you know. F- spend all their time practicing medicine. Um, and the fact that we're doing a joint venture, you know, there's obviously, um, you know, a, a multiple arbitrage in this business where, you know, you're, you're buying clinics at one price. And ultimately when we look, when our financial sponsor looks to exit out of, uh, their investment with a Merivet, you know, that, that, that would be at a higher multiple and our, our, um, veterinarian partners would benefit in that higher multiple at, at a recapitalization based on their you know retained interest in the clinic. Well, that's great. I mean, in addition to looking at the higher multiple and kind of measuring synergies going forward, what are some of the other overarching values or goals that, that come across, whether it be uh, cost reduction from consolidation of, uh, of tools or, um, or resources, expanding their customer base or expanding their geography? What are, I mean, if you could speak a little bit about some of the immediate benefits they see as becoming a partner with Amerivet. Yeah, I think I think you know you you nailed on a couple of them. One is obviously we're a bigger organization that has um, that has better procurement contracts than they do. So there, there should be some immediate benefit and cost of goods sold just based on our buying power. Um, you know that's one. You know some of the struggles. I mean, not just in the vet industry, but across you know healthcare and across all industries really right now is the shortage of labor. Um, so we have a very robust recruiting department and to help them recruit veterinarians um, and all, and also the support staff in the clinic. Uh, but, you know, really the veterinarians are what drives the revenue in the clinic. So for every veterinarian we could add to a clinic, I mean, that's an additional profit that falls, you know, immediately to the bottom line. We also bring, you know, mar- marketing expertise as well to, you know, to help them, you know, grow their same store sales and things like that. So it's really just a lot of so- a lot of support and um, and expertise that they that they probably don't have access to as a you know a small business owner today that we can bring to the table to help them improve their profitability. Yeah, and and in this day and age, it's that's uh, a big point that people don't realize is how hard it is to find help. So that's uh, that's amazing. I, I think as you go further through this process and you know you're going past the LOI phase with these client uh, with these partners bringing them into the fold, you know, how do you ensure efficient or accurate streamlined communication, you know, during the target evaluation throughout the due diligence process? And ultimately, you know, when they're integrating, right. And becoming a a partner with the Amerivet family. Um, Yeah, I I would say, you know, one, um, you know, I I try to have a a point person or kind of off my, on my team, who's like a project manager, because obviously there's a lot of moving parts on getting a, a deal from the, you know, an executed LOI to getting the transaction closed, you know, a lot of different third parties, you know, whether it's an accounting firm, law firms, and then my internal groups, you know, HR and operations, a lot of different people are involved in having to you know, do their, you know, their kind of diligence task and, uh, and, the, and what they need to do to, you know, help us get that, get that clinic from that LOI to close, you know, all the way through the close and integrated into our, our kind of portfolio of clinics. So, you know, having a point person on my team, that's kind of owns the deal and is kind of responsible for keeping everything on track is, is really important for me because with our deal flow, you know, 
we're working on a lot of transactions at the same time. And it's a lot of the same people working on these deals. So it, it's really important because all it takes is one person to kind of get behind on their on their duties and it kind of can you know slow down or affect the whole the whole process. And and going back to the CRM piece, and, and I understand, you know, full disclosure, right? You're using Midaxo in this process, so we appreciate that. But generally speaking, what are some of the key features, whether it be functionality or, or profile approach, when you think about a CRM? Like, what's what's most important to you when you're thinking about that solution? I guess you know one is is obviously yeah the, the ability to store the documents and track the communications right if using the product the product to its full functionality you know b- being able to go back and and look at the you know the communication trail on, on a particular issue on a deal I think is important it's a lot more efficient doing that than than you know opening up your outlook and going through you know hundreds and hundreds of emails trying to figure out like <laughs> where this issue got flagged and why we didn't, why it didn't get addressed and things like that. So when you can centralize the communication, um, it, it'll help free up, a, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of time where someone knows where they can go find an answer versus constantly having to email people to ask, ask the question, you know, as you know, especially as, as busy as we are, I, I, I don't like having to answer questions that, that where somebody could, could find the answer on their own. Yeah, I mean, and maybe just a reminder to people, you know, what's the average frequency of acquisitions that or or partnerships we should say, right, that you're doing on an annual basis? Um, yeah, I mean, this year we'll probably close um, over sixty transactions, you know, which is um, would be more than double the number we've ever done in a year prior to this year. So it, it's a pretty aggressive pace for for a somewhat, you know you know, small team and a, and a young company with it's only been in existence since, you know, the first clinic we bought was in mid 2017. Thinking about the number, I mean, thinking about those 60 acquisitions, I mean, just this last year, what does success look like? What What is ultimately when a deal or a partnership goes through, what does success look like? How do you say this was a successful uh, partnership and, uh, you know, a good essentially acquisition, right? For, for Amerivet. I think it's a, cu- a couple of things. I mean, we're, we're a people business. Um, so, you know, having all of these new employees being helped, you know, being excited and, um, and, and like the fact that they're now partnering with the mayor of that. So having that smooth close and, and, and integration process is important. And, and then also that we um, were, we were able to, you know, flag any issues, um, that came up on the deal prior to closing and we're able to mitigate those, you know, any, any risk that came up and things like that. So that we're protected from a, you know, one, we want happy employees, but want, but also we want to make sure that we're, we, we paid the right price for the clinic and, and uh, you know, we didn't um, take on any unnecessary risk. If you don't mind, like, do you do anything post close, you know, now that that company has been acquired, is there a, you know, a time or an MPS, uh, that you do kind of with the company post-mortem to say, Hey, how, how did everything go? What does that, you know, that employee, that partner satisfaction look like? Yeah, we, we do have some surveys that, we, that we'll send to the, you know, kind of the partners post-closing just to like, to get information on, you know, any things that they didn't like about the process or you know, things that they feel like we could, can, you know, improve on. I mean, 
I mean, I, I have to take it with a grain of salt too, you know, like buying a business, it's a lot of like, when you go buy a house, right, that the underwriting process is painful, right? So like, nobody's really excited about, you know, diligence and, and all the questions you have to ask and the documents you ask for. So there's, you don't really get much positive feedback on that because they, I mean, it, but when you're, when you're writing these, you know, large checks for these businesses that, you know, especially in the PE world where you're, um, where you have lend- lenders that are uh, they're lending money and, ha- and having to sign off on these deals too. They, they want to make sure that it's a, it's a smart investment and, and that you've done the proper diligence on the front end. That's so important. I, I think a lot of that sometimes gets uh, missed today. Right. But I think it's also a very honest answer because it's not an easy process for a lot of people, but sometimes people like, I like the house analogy, because people sometimes forget how beautiful the home is or how exciting it is, you know, the new place is until after the deal is done. And I think, um, you know, with some of the things you mentioned earlier, the burden of hiring, uh, the ability to have shared resources, to have a great, you know, greater stake in the game based on, you know, the expanded roll up of the organization. There's just so many benefits people sometimes don't realize while they're in the middle of the process, but it's great to see you know, you're going back and, and and supporting them through it and getting that feedback all the way through. Uh, and I have to say that's something, having worked with a lot of organizations, I think is very unique about what Amerivet does and why it makes it such an amazing organization. Yeah, no, I, pre- I appreciate it. I, I think, you know, we, we try to be upfront and honest with them to let them know, hey, it's it's not always, the process isn't always going to be fun, but you try, I mean, the, the home analogy works for most people, because most people, have, you know, that are selling a business own a home and they can remember what it's like to go track down 401k statements and every W-2 stub, you know, from prior tax returns and stuff, you know, so that it's it's a little like that and, and answering a lot of questions and things like that. So, hey, it's just it's somewhat of a necessary evil. But, you know, most people that are that are going to be writing a large check, you know, want to want to want to make sure that they've um, they've asked the right questions and know what investment they're getting into. Clayton, I mean, thank you so much. Uh, those are all the questions I had and really appreciate you coming on to help answer some of these questions for us and for the people that are have similar questions, right? When thinking about what's out there, what they should be doing. So that's all from my side. And I really do appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. I'm glad to do it. Thank you for listening to Deal Lab. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving us a review. You can continue the conversation by following Medaxo on LinkedIn or email us at deallab at See you next time.